human does human couple communication increase when both sides are given a clicker okay for affirmation like it okay as we talked about at the beginning of the program give give both sides a clicker when the other person does something good you click you are listening to the dude nature podcast What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. Welcome back home. Welcome we back. missed you. I'm sure you missed us. I'm missed here with you. my brother Adam in the reactor. Actually, doesn't smell so bad today. Guys, it's nice. It's dark outside in Portland. That's it a Portland Portland day. Dark. We've been up, uh, or at least I've been up. You know, for the last three nights, just because of some reasons. You hey, know, some random reasons. <laughs> hey, hey. Speaking of random Dude, speaking reasons, of hay, speaking of horses, hay, speaking of horses and hay, guys, we have three new five star reviews. Three new ones. One from Shy Walker. So, you know what? Last night, I finally got the name. Shy Walker. It is like Wait. Skywalker. Okay. Like Luke Skywalker. I was going to try and guess it. But, but yeah, it's go. Shy like Chicago. Shy Walker. Is that what it is? So, is that right, Shy Walker? Please Shy let Walker, us know. Is that right? Is that, is that what you're the going review. for? So, anyway, we, we really appreciate the lovely, amazing review. And thank you very much for that. And also to Fungal Plague. Thank yeah, you for the what review. what a name. Um, what a name, what a review. And, Be honest, uh, an interesting review here, interesting review. but we'll take it. We'll fucking take it. We'll, we'll take, take it. Thank you for the five stars. Interesting review. Um, uh, he wants us to do an episode of the top 10 coolest fungi, and that is very likely to happen. Yeah. Can I just say, he says, and the plural of a fungal is not fungi. It's, it's a fungals. Yeah. And I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you something fungal plague like Ron Burgundy. If you were, if you put something in front of Ron Burgundy, he's just going to read it. Okay. Yeah. I will now be calling fun, a plural of fungi fungals. I'll now be doing it. So if you're wrong, now you've screwed us. Like many fungi? Yeah, fungals? he's saying okay, and the he's saying the plural of fungal is not fungi, it's fungals. What do you what do you think the plural of moose is? Do you know that one? Mooses. Meese. It's a meese. Sorry. Isn't that the plural of mice? No, it's meese. It's a pack of okay. mice. Anyway, I don't hey, think they're I want to say the fungal plague. Yeah. Thank you for the correction. If you're wrong, though, you've just absolutely screwed us. Because I'm like, Ron, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to say fungal style. So I hope you're not wrong. Shy Walker, fungal plague. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Guys, you can find us on iTunes. And please rate and review. And it helps the podcast a ton. It lets us keep doing episodes. It makes it easier for people to find our episodes. And we really love it and appreciate it. So Noah, what's your gripe? Hey, my gripe is that Bob Marley died. Too young. Bob Marley died before the world was done with him. Do you know what I mean? And he died because he so basically rejected in the world. So much trouble. He basically died because he rejected Western medicine. Yeah, not great. Yeah, not a great yeah. look for him at the end. To to be completely honest. Yeah. Not a great look for him at the end. Buried with a soccer ball and ganja leaf. And his guitar. Wow. Ganja leaf, guitar, soccer ball. If only That's he would have had some like, to be happy. Ibu- ibuprofen in there. If only he would have had some Advil or antibacterial cream. What's the uh, what's your favorite Bob Marley bi- uh, biography or documentary? How about song? Oh, I know. F- favorite documentary? Yeah. Didn't you read one that you really liked? I saw one in my in Costa Rica Isn't that it? I really loved. God damn! I was but setting I you up. That was. was a layup. No, 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 you really laid me up. But the thing is that I I forget it, so it's I kind of just missed it. I just kind of I missed it. Right? I missed it. Catch fire! Catch a fire! I don't remember. Okay. I remember enough. Jesus I will man. tell you. Yeah, sorry about that. I will tell you that my favorite Bob Marley song is Exodus. 
Okay. For sure, because that gets the people absolutely fucking moving. Uh, my favorite is Waiting in Vain, and Exodus is definitely Oh, Waiting in Vain is so good. Sun is Shining is another one of my favorites. Uh, that's, I think the song is actually called Three Little Birds. Sun is Shining. Three Little Birds is the name of the song. It's, that's a different song. That's the best hangover song. That's the song you want to hear when you're hungry. Sun is Shining is the hangover song. No, 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 no. It has, like, it has a very hangover vibe to it, like you're hungover. So that was your gripe? Uh, yeah, that was my gripe. Okay, What's like, yours? My gripe... Um, First of all, I'd like to share a pleasantry. I finally found a, pl- a pair of boxers that is neither too tight nor too loose, and they are counterintuitively travel boxers. So they're the kind of travel material that you're supposed to wear when you go to like Cambodia and stuff, but they become my go-to boxers, and I will be ordering 10 pairs of them. Of course, they didn't bring Wait. them into the pod studio. Yeah, yeah. I wish I saw. Are, is that the kind that has, is like nylon that can get wet? I bought them to go backpacking, and, I was, and right now, they are now too comfortable for me to wear working out. Because right, too, you don't want to saturate good. them. And that's how you know that that piece of clothing is now are they like Are, hold on, are they top. like Under Armour material? <laughs> it's like synthetic, but it's really comfortable synthetic. Really, really Here's comfortable. Here's the thing. I want to tell a listener. I am a, am, a, am a boxer, like a brief guy. Compression, right? I got the like small compression boxers. Adam likes like basically like a pair of shorts, which is so weird because there's absolutely no stability. My actual there. gripe today is that Usually our tries are extremely expensive. You have nothing to say about that. I do. I just want to get through the gripe. Usually our tries are extremely expensive. They're like five sixty, which we've mentioned before. My chai today was six dollars and ninety cents. Okay, so they upcharged because you because I they got hate us. because I got a chai that wasn't like just a chai. It was a spiced chai. They added like an extra dollar fifty. So now this chai in front of me is about a seven dollar chai. Here's the thing, though. Whenever we try and go to the other coffee shop, which is also a block away, they're nicer. It's a nicer environment. The chais, are, chai. the chais are cheaper. Their chais are not as good. And the problem is that when we're potting, we need a chai. I need a chai when I pod. Turn up. Hey. All right. Now let's play a little game. Let's do it. What is your favorite holiday or celebration? It can be anything. July 4th. Why is it July 4th? Because it's a celebration of America. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a celebration of American independence and of this great nation of ours. Okay? It's a, it's a celebration where you're on the beach with your friends, fireworks, drinking. It's literally the best holiday. I agree. It's a good one. Yeah, it's my favorite, at for the, sure. At the Ig Nobel Prizes, Noah, mm-hmm. it's a great celebration. And when you go out for your award, you have one minute to finish your speech when you go and accept the award. Okay. Because... An eight-year-old in a tutu will kick you off the stage. So you have one minute. You know, in like the Academy Awards where they play the music? Yeah, yeah, So they have like this little child come up on stage and just yell at the people that are getting their awards. You have to gather your prize, and the prize for the Ig Nobles is a branded coffee cup. It's glued to like this copper base and stuffed with a toothbrush, lottery tickets, and a cigarette butt. That's like the prize you get. That is so sick. Yeah. Um, She yelled, so... In the video I was watching, she was yelling, please stop, I'm bored. <laughs> so the, the eight-year-old? Yeah. Here's the thing about, about I, guess, I guess I'll just go right to the topic. Yeah. If you're, not, if you're done, am I bad? Well, I just wanted to mention. Are you done? I just wanted to mention. Also, at the beginning of the festival, everyone throws a paper airplane, so there's like a thousand paper airplanes going around this auditorium. Yeah. Cool. This whole thing is really tight. People should throw paper airplanes more How do often. we get the invite? That's what I want to know. When do we get the invite to go? Soon. Soon. Soon We're is now. The- now is now? No. No, now is now then. But soon. Then is now. 
just happened. When <laughs> when will the, when will now be then? The raspberry. No, only one man gives me the raspberry. Name that movie. Name that movie, people. The raspberry. Okay, what's our topic? Hey, our topic for today, okay, are is the Ig Nobel prizes. So what exactly are the Ig Nobel prizes? The Ig Nobel prizes are achievements that first make people laugh. This is self-described by them. They first make people laugh and then they make people think, okay? The prize is handed out by genuine Nobel laureates in a big auditorium held at Harvard University every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also, when I was like, when when you're researching these, these are awesome. They're like all these really awesome experiments. They're not like that, like they're weird, but they're also really, really interesting. Really cool. Really they're just really, really cool. And they're really well researched. So it's tight. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's perfect. Maybe all science should be this absurd because these studies are really cool. But these studies, like, I, they, like, I guess for academics, they're absurd. But they actually just seem like they're more general and more useful than most science. Right. Adam. Yep. 60 seconds. Beginnings that don't suck. Tell us about the history of the Ig Nobel Prizes. Are you ready? Ready. Three, two, one. All right. Just to repeat what you just said. From the website, the, there Ig, it is. the Ig Nobel Prizes, they honor achievements that make people laugh and then think. And the prizes are intended to celebrate the unusual. They're honoring the imaginative and spur people's interest in science, medicine, and technology. Um, the funniest part about the prizes is there's an actual ceremony, like Noah was saying at Harvard University, where actual Nobel Prize winners hand out the awards. So they get their stupid award from an actual Nobel Prize winner, which is a great touch. Did you know that? Yeah. It's hilarious. As I said, as I said. Ah, the official mascot <laughs> of the Ig Nobel Prizes is the stinker. It's the thinker who has fallen over with his ass up in the air. So yeah, that, it's pretty fantastic. And we're going to take a look at some of the best awards over the last few years. Absolutely. The theme, the theme for this episode is we can measure and learn from everything. Okay? No matter how, no matter how silly, silly milly it is. Okay? And I actually have, at the end of this episode, I have a suggestion for an experiment that I want to do really, really bad. Um, also, before we start the episode, can I just touch on what like our family and, and close friends have been addicted to for a second? T- you can touch on anything you want. Yeah, I'm going to touch it. Okay. So we've, we've been doing, you guys have all probably done the Myers-Briggs personality test. It's, oh it's the 16 personality test. You've definitely done it before. It's like, you know, the commander, the advocate, the ENFP, the blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. Take it again. Cause if you haven't taken it, even in like a year or two years, you've definitely completely switched. Um, the website's really awesome. And we've all taken it, and it's super cool to see, like, what your family is, what your friends are, and then obviously what yours is. So take the 16 personalities test. It's really awesome. But just remember, you are not a little box. You are a person. Okay. And Adam's Adam's personality, he wants to let people know that they can't be boxed. And that's very much like his personality. Can you guess what me and Adam's personalities are Mm -hmm. also? The Jewish. The Jewish. Take the 16 personalities. But anyway, Adam, the first Ig Nobel Prize we're going to go into, management. Yeah. The 2020 award, management. Yes. Okay. So the management prize in 2020 comes to, oh, it comes from China. It goes to a group of hitmen in Guangzhou. How'd I do on that one? You know Chinese names a little bit better than I do. Guangzhou? An X is a Z. Guangzhou. Guangzhou, China, repeatedly tried to subcontract each other in order to kill the owner of a law firm named Mr. Wee by a Chinese businessman named Tan. I'm not going to say their last names. Wait, what? It won't even be close. Just wait, wait, wait for it. Wait for the kicker. Wait, I'm, you, I'm, I'm a little confused. Yep. Wait for the kicker. The first hitman was originally hired for $282,000. But instead of doing the job, he just went out and hired another hitman, who then hired another hitman, who then hired another hitman, who then hired another hitman. Then the plan fell apart completely when the final hitman met the target, Mr. Wee, 
in a cafe and proposed that he fake his death. So all six men, and the five hitmen included, and Tan, were convicted of murder, and the trial lasted three years. Wait, okay, so this is this is actually a, a, a weird one in that it wasn't like an experiment done, but it's like, this is a real hit being put on. So in the Ignobles, there's 10 prizes through the year, and sometimes like three of them are just really crazy. They go out to like dictators and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So this is one of those. Yeah, this is one of those. So this goes out to the group of hitmen that subcontracted each other. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. So one, so <laughs> I love it. Okay, so it's like a trail of money. In detail, the first hitman, he accepted the job, right? He gets the job, and then he offers it to another hitman named Mo, who has a very Chinese last name that an Anglo, Anglo me cannot pronounce. Okay, so he gave him about 1 million yuan, not Japanese yen, yuan, pronounced yuan. After he accepted the first hitman, he renegotiated with the, um, the originator, with the guy who okay. wanted to put the hit out, to get another million. Okay. After the killing. So it's just like after you finish a project, you get more money. Yeah, yeah. So there's like you get paid up front, and then as a hitman, I guess you get paid after the killing. Okay. Unfortunately, Mo, the first hitman, got another hitman involved for 270,000 yuan. That, and he subcontracted He subcontracted this guy. Okay. Before, and 500,000 yuan after. And then once again, that guy offered it again for $200,000 up front. In five hundred thousand dollars after the death, so he to was the gonna, third. So guy. he was getting, so the second dude was only going to profit twenty five thousand, right? But he wasn't going to do anything, right? Right. And listen to this. Okay, so the fourth guy, the the fourth guy, yeah, he gave it to the fifth hitman, and he's not going to profit at all. <laughs> he literally just gave him the same deal that he got, but and he just wanted he to keep like, his rep this. that he was a hitman. He just wanted to keep his rep. Okay. So finally, the fifth hitman was offered the job for a hundred thousand yuan, but instead of carrying out the murder, he met the dude. Um, in a cafe and proposed that both of them fake the murder. And then the dude was like, sure, I'll fake the murder. But instead of doing that, he just went to the cops and he's like, hey, this the dude that was going to be murdered. Yeah. That was outrageous. So it was a, in total, it was a four year trial. The first year, the first trial, um, they couldn't find enough evidence, but then it was revisited and it was a three year trial and it was convicted this year. The six men were convicted this year. What like the maximum sentence that one of them got was three years in prison. So I guess if you plan a murder and you subcontract it out and it doesn't go through, it's kind of like a, I mean, not that big of a deal. But it seems like a, that's actually kind of a smart idea to subcontract it out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Explain. Well, like, well, like, first of all, so you take the murder, so you're just like you, you, you come off as this hitman to everyone. Really, you're just a middleman, right? You're just a middleman. You take the cash, and then you, you write, you make a profit on it when the hitman below you actually goes do do the job. He's in all the danger of doing the hit. Yeah, it's called supply chain. It's called supply chain management. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, he has all the risk of doing the actual killing. You know, you're just like the middleman. You're giving out contracts. Never know who you're eventually giving the contract okay, out so to. so I want to talk about your experiences with the Chinese supply chain because this is quite <laughs> a chain of supply. Let me just say, this makes total sense. You never know where your items are actually coming from. Well, can you from. tell people what it is that you do for money? Yes. So or I have an e-commerce company and specifically we manufacture a certain kind of tape and we sell it on Amazon. We being you and your fake assistants. Me and my, and my Philippine assistant. Right. Okay. So the thing is that when you like really investigate the, the Chinese suppliers, what you'll see is like actually that one supplier He's actually getting the goods from another supplier. And then, so because you can do what's called sending in an inspection. So you get, there's companies that they'll go inspect and make sure that 
the manufacturer you're speaking to is making the products. Yeah. So what eventually happens is that you see that the manufacturer you're talking to isn't making the products. They're subcontracting it. Then you'll send an inspector to the subcontractor. I'm doing like signals with my hands to like, like a caterpillar, mm -hmm. right? Like keep going. Then that subcontractor you'll find is subcontracting out some of the work to another. So in reality, you never, ever know who you're actually getting the items from. You never see the person who's actually making the items. No. And at this point, I honestly don't care because it's just, <laughs> I just work with the person and it's working. It's been working good. Right. So this is how a lot of that kind of stuff works. Can I have a, can I tell you another example? So are you that surprised that this would happen in China? Not at all. The poop pipeline, otherwise the referred to as the chain. Referred to as the poop pipeline. So I want you now to talk about Allah, uh, his, he'll remain nameless. <laughs> Our friends poop okay, pipeline. The poop pipeline. Yeah. Okay. The poop pip pipeline is known as the like as a freelancer. So when you're when you're doing freelance work, this is from our friend. This is from our friend. When you're doing freelance work and you're like you get you get a contract from a client. Okay. You actually want, you don't actually want to do the work. You want to build what we like to call the poop pipeline. Okay. So the client takes a big poop on you, right? And you're like, thank you for handing me this pile of poo. Thank you. Okay, that, that you're going to pay me for. And then what you do is that you get some kind of assistant or something, and then you do you pass the poo to them. Right. Right? And that's the last that you know. But who actually knows if your assistant is actually themselves passing the poo to someone but else? In this, in, what our friend does is he passes the poo, right, to, yeah, his, yeah. to the man down the chain. And yeah. then the man down the chain, who's in a third world country, he passes it down. To the yeah, person who's actually right, right. Work he on passes it. it down, and who knows how many times it actually goes. So all the you know American consumer knows on the front end is that it's being done. But what's actually happened, yeah. is that the poo is being passed down a pipe through a global just supply chain. Right. Let me say, when you order a website from a freelancer, or when you when you're like on when you're trying to get a freelancer for something, you you are setting off a reaction of like ten poo pipelines. <laughs> <laughs> little, right. little, it might be like the logo. Little do they know. Yeah. Yeah. I also have an um, example from, from real estate. So we bought a house from someone and he was the owner and he said, hey, I have a great guy that's going to come demolish this really creepy gross shed in the back. Okay. And we were like, great. That's awesome. We're excited to use the contractor, right? Okay. He's like, you should use this guy. He's great. Okay. So the day comes where they're, where they're going to come destroy the shed. All right. And I meet, I meet, um, the I go outside to meet the contractor. And guess who the contractor is? Poops McGee. It's the seller of the house that told me to, to do the contractor. And I was like, hey, man, why are you here? Oh, my God. It's a circle. Yeah. I was like, yes, this is a circle poop pipeline. I was like, hey, man, what, why, are you why are you here? I was, you know, I was going to meet Jason, who was the contractor. And he was like, oh, actually, Jason is my, is my like, nephew. <laughs> and, you know, I just thought I would come along. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I see what happened here. You just... Gave yourself a job and pretended <laughs> and pretended wait, that there was another contractor. That's like, wait, that's like if you're playing basketball, throwing the ball up to yourself. It's like passing it to yourself. It's like passing the ball to yourself. Exactly. That's it's an illegal like, move in basketball. <laughs> what did you say? Wait, why would he? Make I it, said, what did I, what did I what say? Did, why would he make I was it so like, obvious? I was like, dude, I, I, what did I say? I was like. I was like, I just started laughing, and he, and then he came up with something. He he was like, he was like, oh, like me and Jason were playing cards last night, and in the bet, he, in the bet, in the hand he won, I said that I would come help him with the demolishing, and I, then I just, I was just like, hey, like you could have just told me, I don't actually care, but you 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 just passed the ball to yourself here. So always know your con, always know that you know when the seller's trying to push a contractor on you, 
It's just them <laughs> that are going to make another $1,000 on the contract. The management prize. Okay. 2020. Good prize. Great prize. Okay. Mine? Yep. Okay. We're going to go with the 2019 medical prize winner. Okay. This was an actual, this was an actual winner and like an actual experiment done. Um, so you know how, if you guys have a dog, you know, this, you know how, when you train a dog, when they do a really good behavior, you'll, you can use a clicker click training. Yeah. It's, it's called click training. It's like an acoustic feedback. So if you're telling your dog to sit and your dog sits, you, you click with the clicker and then you give them something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So these scientists used click training and they, they did it to train surgeons and they tracked how the, <laughs> and they tracked how the results went because training surgeons, it's obviously like one of the most intense training and longest training. So they need, you need to figure out how to make the training better and how to like do it faster. But like, you don't want to rush surgeon training, right? Because so wait, that they, wouldn't be good. So they train them with clickers like dogs. So basically they train surgeons with clickers like dogs. And then they measured the, the surgeons trained with the clicker. And without against the group trained without and saw who did better. So it's a Pavlo Pavlovian response, basically. Pavlo what Pavlov? The guy who like did it I've with heard of that. I've definitely heard of that. I just he, don't know what the definition is. He did is. it with mice. Like the reward of uh, the reward training with mice. With food, probably, right? With food. And then like yes. once they heard the clicker or whatever the signifier was eventually, they would start like salivating because they know that it's gonna come. Yeah. The food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very, very, very similar to this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so what exactly were they doing? So they had the surgeons again, they have the control group that has not been, that has not been trained with the clicker. And then they have the experimental group that is trained using click training. So whenever they would do something good, they would click. Okay. Yeah. So they did two different tasks. One task was tying a specific knot called a sliding knot. I guess like maybe for a stitch or something, the surgeons have to know how to do this. Is this sailors or surgeons? What are they doing with You knots? know what I realized about surgeons researching this? It's much more like, kind of like, you know, woodworking. I mean, it literally is. Like, you're like working on wood, but it's the body. Yeah. So, so listen to what the two things are. One is tying this special knot called a sliding knot. The other one is making a low angle drill hole. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, dude, they're like, it's like woodworking, but it's just like working on a bone. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the skill and speed of each learner was recorded by a single experienced surgeon. And then the groups were compared. Okay. Um, here, here was the results. We're going to go with not tying first. Okay. So the, the clicker, I want to see if I can get the experiment. The clicker group achieved better precision tying the locking sliding knot than the normal group. A hundred percent of the clicker, clicker group of the group that was clicked tied the knot perfectly and performed all six steps needed to tie the knot perfectly as well so they were 12 there were 12 people that tried it 12 people in each groups okay and the clicker group 12 out of the 12 tied the knot with the precision needed yeah okay and like with the knot tying they broke it down to six steps like you have to hit each different step so 12 out of 12 did it perfectly with the clicker training the knot clicking training group okay how do you think they did but can you explain what the clicker training looked like like did they click whenever they did something correct Yes. So there was before the test, there was just an open training period. Okay. There was an open training period with like an experienced surgeon. And for the clicker group, whenever they would do like the not correctly, he would, he would go click. He'd be like, good job. Click. Did they know they were being clicker trained? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. They, how would you? Yes, Adam. They're clicking in front of them. I mean, did they tell them? Did they tell them? Yes. Yes. They both knew. And did they get any kind of reward when they clicked? No. It was just, just the acoustic click. Just a click. Yeah. The other group, so if, without the click, they would do something good, and the, sur- the surgeon would just be like, good job. That was right. Okay. Instead of the click. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, again, the group that did receive the clicking, okay, when they, when, they di- when they then went to take the test, they went to take a test, okay? The group that received the clicking, 12 out of the 12, 100% of them tied, tied the knot perfectly, mm-hmm. following all six steps in precision. Okay. okay? The group that wasn't clicked, how do you think they did, Adam? Well, I mean... They didn't guess what they didn't do as well. Don't think they would have won the Nobel Prize if the, <laughs> if the experiment hadn't been proven. But what happened? Uh, only four out of the twelve group was able to tie the knot that was did not receive clicker training. Only four out of the twelve. Only four out of the twelve. Were they the idiots? Or was it a ra- <laughs> was it a randomly divided? No, group? it was randomly divided from second year med students. How long was the training to tie this knot? Is something that they had never seen before. Yeah, something both had never seen before. Okay. Okay, so four four out of the twelve. Okay. However, so they, they, they looked at precision, right? So that's precision. How many do it right? And then they, and then they looked at time. Mm-hmm. So the time it took was basically was the same. Okay. So the clicker group was much more precise, but they didn't increase in speed. So they increased in precision, but not speed. That's what they found with the knot tying. Okay. Where are you? Yeah. Precision, but not speed. I mean, so it wasn't any faster to do it. I mean, but if you're doing it wrong, why does speed matter at all? They just did it wrong, right? For some reason, they they were tested on speed. Like, that was a big deal. And I was actually thinking about that while reading it. Why would it, why would speed matter for the surgeon? That sounds really dangerous. <laughs> I don't know, because they want it. It's a revenue stream. You want to get the fucking people and, in. And is that literally why? They're like, hey, we got yeah. 10. Like, let's fucking go. Drill the holes, tie the shit. Like, I mean, we got to go. We've got five surgeries every day. But I also I also think you're discounting a little bit. Uh, not discounting, but you're not amazed enough by the results in that surgery, right? They can't. You don't want these dudes to fuck up. And we have 100% accuracy with clicker training. And we have 33% accuracy with non-clicker training. I have a training. lot to say about this one. I have, I have a lot of thoughts. You want me to okay. finish? Are you... Can I jump in with some thoughts? I'm going to go to the hole drilling, and then let's go up a kimono on it. Okay. Okay, go with your thoughts. Okay. My thoughts are, I'm not surprised that people are doing better with... It's basically affirmation, right? You're giving them, like, affirmation of a good job, a job well done. Like, when you click, right? They're like, oh, it's good, good job. You know what I right. mean? They're saying, good, they're saying good job, though, just not with a clicker. Oh, the other group. They're saying good job at the same exact points? Yes. Both group gets affirmation. Okay. Right? One group gets affirmation with a dog clicker. The other group gets affirmation like a normal human affirmation, like good job. Okay. Oh, so they are doing that on the same cue Yes, points? of course, or it wouldn't. that wouldn't be a great experiment. The, the reason that you use the clicker in dog training is because it's very precise. Like you can, it's much easier to click than it is to say good job for some reason. And you can do it like right on the second that yeah. something good happens. So literally this works with humans as well. It doesn't just work with dogs. The interesting thing is I was just thinking back to teaching in that we were not, we were told never to affirm anything. We were like, what? there was like all these studies that said that affirming was bad because then that person will just try, instead of trying to do the test right or learn something, they will just try to make you happy specifically, which is not what you want. And they will always look for just the good job. Whereas you want them, instead of doing like going for the thing that's good, you want them to work hard. That's like the most important thing. 
So like if they're doing a math problem, right, on the board, yeah, and they get it wrong and they don't get the like really oh you did so good, like the affirmation that makes them feel good, they get really discouraged and they won't do fight. it again. Yeah, one of the biggest problems in our schools, like compared to Chinese schools, is the grit, like when they study grit. Right. Okay, it's a big deal. It's a big deal right now. And then that like weakens their grit basically. I think that book is stupid, by the way, but yeah, keep going. I agree with you on, on, on like grit is like a thing that's important. I just don't like the book. What book? Angela Duckworth, the book. What book? Angela Duckworth, the book. Angela Duckworth? Yeah, the book that she wrote. Great. I just don't, I don't agree with a lot of the hypothesis in the book. Okay. Okay. Right. But there's, there's more than just that book. Like it's a whole field of study. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why, but for some reason I was teaching, it was a big deal. Can I, but can I, can I say that? Don't you have to teach kids to work through things? It's exactly right. That's exactly what you want to do. You need to teach them that they can, they have to work through discouragement. Right. So if you give them, if you're always giving them the positive affirmation, they're, they, when they get frustrated by something and they don't get the affirmation, they think they're doing something wrong, which is not true. They're not doing something wrong. They're learning. Oh, so you just, you just, oh, I, I get it. Yeah. The point is that if you only affirm right actions, you're not affirming exactly. learning. You're just exactly. affirming right, exactly. a- right actions. So instead of affirming what you're supposed to that's say, interesting. you're supposed to say, I love how hard you're working. Stuff like that. That's it. That, that's definitely, I think that for pubescent, pubescent or, or younger kids, that's, that's, that seems like a good, a good method, honestly. But, on, but for certain adults, they can tell the difference between they want to get the right, they need to get the right answer. And then I was thinking about when I do the dishes or when I like do the laundry, I, if, if, you know, my partner, if she doesn't say anything, if it's fucked up, honestly, I need to like her yeah, to say something. A clicker. I'm literally going to give Ashley a clicker. And then when I do the dishes or something good, she can just click. And that's, it's precise. And that's how you know. Yeah. And the thing is that if, if your girlfriend clicked at you, clicked you. Like a dog, yeah. whenever you did the dishes, you would do the dishes way more. Oh, absolutely. You do the dishes way, way more. Absolutely. I love an affirmation. I love an affirmation. Me too. I but here's a problem. Here's a problem. If I make some food, right? I make some, last night I made some grilled cheeses that weren't that good. I fucking, I kind of fucked it up, you know? Because yeah. only I could fuck up a grilled cheese. You'd have to be a real idiot. Me too. Okay. And what she said was, you, you know, you did a good job. But in fact, I did a bad job. So you should have said you worked hard because I would have felt... I would have felt good because I did work hard, but I would, but say, but I, there's a lot of room for improvement on can, the grilled can, cheese. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. For myself, sure. I do want to know if the thing was bad. I just want someone to tell me that it was bad. It's fine. Is it fine? It's fine. Yeah. Are you, you're not going to feel discouraged at all? No. No. I'll probably feel more encouraged to try again and to get it right. Honestly. I think your sweater is gross. It is super gross. Um, so you would, you would not click for my sweater. Interesting. Can you imagine this? You have a couple, right? But you affirm when you now, pod- now you're confusing when you're pod- now you're confusing my dog brain. When you're podcasting, you're confusing my dog brain. For the rest of this podcast, when you do something right, I'm gonna yeah, do okay, a click. That's an annoying sound, but it's so annoying. We can't it, do I know, that. The listeners might get too annoyed. Beep. I'm just gonna beep. That's just less beep. annoying. Okay. okay. Hey, if you let's say you give a couple. Yeah. Here's the experiment I want to do. You give a couple. You give them both dog clickers. Yeah. Okay. And you say, hey, whenever the other person does something that you like. Instead of having to come up with this like, oh, great job, like this huge affirmation thing, all you got to do, click it. It's precise. You're just and like, it's, pre- it's precise and it's easy oh, and you'll do it more you often. You picked up a cookie for me here's, on your way back. Oh my God, work. I really want to do this. So here's my thing. Yeah. I think both of them would get more affirmation. Right. Both, both sides would get more affirmation from it and they'd probably be a happier relationship. Can you increase communication in a relationship using clicker training? Wait, that would be my study. Here's the thing. What did, if... Did you understand that? Did you I, hear what no, I just I said? No, totally, I totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, can you... Inc- yeah. Can I spin it just really quick? What if... Here's what actually happened. Remember when um, my partner got me the hot chocolate muffin cupcake? 
First of all, a very nice act to get your partner a nice little treat. Click. Especially for Beep. me. A fat boy. Right? A nice little hot chocolate muffin treat. Here's yeah. the thing. Beep. The muffin wasn't what I wanted. I, everybody, I want a cinnamon roll or a chocolate chip cookie. Okay? So while she did do a good act, do I have to give the affirmation? Or can I just say, I really love what you did there, but there's room for improvement by getting me a cinnamon roll. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a, yeah. it's not a good job, in fact. But it was the right, so, a, right okay, effort. So, so I like this. So this, this gets back to like the holes in this training. Yeah. Basically, I think this is really interesting. For me personally, if you were training me personally, just click when it's good, when it's correct. Okay. Beep. Okay. Click when it's good. But what I think, if you do I think, I think that other, that other people, some people, you got to kind of, you got to be a little sensitive. Yeah. You're right. right. You got to right. kind of bring them along. If they don't get the click and they worked hard, they're going to, they're going to give up. Yeah, I've, this goes. It, it's inter- really interesting because it goes against a lot of what we were being taught as teachers. But that was that was like seven or eight years ago. But, so I wonder what it is now. We we're I, also one more thing. I know. I'm sorry. We we're also taught to hold the. They kept telling us to hold the bar high. They're like hold the bar high, and if you do that, then it's like you never can give affirmation until they reach like almost perfection. Is, is that weird? I don't know about I have, that. I have. I have. I have. I have two things to say to this. One, sure. yeah. one, take the personality test, the 60 personality test, because it'll help oh you God. see if you would like clicker training or not. Right. Number number two, I went to all boys boarding school, and I, be- and I believe that the clicker training would work well there. Tell me why. Tell me why. Because the boys are competitive, and they want to get the answer right. Not They want to get the answer right because they want to be right over, over the other boys. So you don't need to. They already have a lot of motivation. They're not going to get discouraged. They're gonna keep. They're gonna keep working, working hard. Maybe, maybe some in the class might, oh, but a small percent. I, yeah, because in an old boys' school, you can foster competition. Right, it's like a one-way. Right, you foster competition, boys. and that's what they want to get the answer right because they want to beat the other boys. You can't do that in a mixed classroom. No. Are you for just? Are you for same-sex education? Oh my god! Thank you for asking that question. Sure. I've literally waited my entire yeah. life for someone to ask there me that go. question. I'm laying you up today. Ah, oh, god, you're laying me up. Just dunk this one. I am not for same for same. Oh no, no. So in the classroom. In a classroom, yeah. it is better if you could just have all boys. Yeah. It is 100% better if you could just have all or boys. Or all girls? Or all, all, all girls. I just don't have personal experience with that. Okay. I just have personal experience with all boys. For the all boys, is it better learning? 100% because you make everything a competition, make the boys compete, they will compete to learn. Yeah, it's okay. very, very And also, also for discipline, it's very easy to have discipline. If it, Everything is going to go great, really great for you if, you if you follow the rules. If you break the rules... Everything's going to go unbelievably bad for you, mm-hmm. right? That's all you have to do. So yeah, I think that for the classroom I am, but as far as living environment, like a boarding school where it was all boys, I'm absolutely against same sex for the living. So my perfect situation would be if you had to go to a boarding school, it would be a mixed boarding school with boys and girls interacting. The classroom environment would be same sex. That's interesting. That's what I would like. I so think like that's the best the, environment. In the mess hall or whatever. In high school, it would yep. be boys and girls. Boys and girls in the mess hall, you know, boys and girls hanging out, boys and girls at the same school. When you get to the classroom, it's same sex because it's just, they're just so different. Then you can teach the boys, make everything in competition, make the rules really strict, right? Make the rules clear and really strict. That would be an interesting school where the classrooms were diff- were the same, but the, That's what I would like. the living was mixed. Classroom, same sex, living mixed. If the if when you make the living same sex, you take take one sex completely out of it, it is not healthy. When it is you, very weird. Yeah, at your old boys boarding school. When when did you guys gonna interact with the opposite sex? 
Dude, so I will tell you, the yeah. only time we ever got to interact with the opposite sex were dances that we had like once or twice a semester. What ha Was it just a pack of wolves? Okay, let me tell you. What happened? Let me tell you. Does my sound healthy? What I'm going to tell you happened, you're going to be like, of course that happened. Okay? In, in, in the great wisdom of some of the people running the school, they thought it was a really good idea, okay, to have a dance where there are girls and to invite another all-boys all boys boarding school to come. Right, so now there's now you have tons of boys. They have never seen a girl. They haven't seen a girl. Okay. In months, mm -hmm. and now you're gonna put a rival boys boarding school in the same dance with the girls and like see what happens with the chemicals. Yeah. Not sure what who came up with this one thought it was a good idea. Yeah, what, what do you think happened? There, there's probably fights, right? There was a there was a huge fight. Yeah. About ten minutes into the dance, and then the uh, dance was canceled. Well, that sucks. What did the girls do? The girls were like so the. What did the girls do? They just like screamed and ran away. But it's like these dude. But these these dudes are these dudes are like these are pubescent dudes. Wait, haven't seen a girl. No, it's not seen good a girl for months. It's not good for the girls either, is it? It's not good for anyone. It's not good for anyone. It's not good for fucking anyone. Okay, so what we're saying is we want some integration outside okay, the class. Living. Let me let me say. I want to say again. I, wanna, I just want to be clear on this on my stance on this. Okay. Living, you absolutely must have as a survivor of all boys born. As school. a survivor, you absolutely must have girls and boys for living. Okay, you must have interaction. It is really weird with one of the sexes. It is not healthy because society. Guess what? Society's mixed. Guess what? <laughs> guess what? I know this is weird. Society is mixed. Okay, you're gonna have women and men. Okay, for the classroom because yeah. they're high school boys. You can absolutely make them focus and learn better if there if there's just boys in the classroom. And you can you can teach you can teach to boys. Jeez. I don't know about to all girls. I haven't I haven't been in that environment before. But I'm just talking about the environment I've been in. Okay, first of all. Click for you. Thank you very much. Second of all, do you have anything else you want to say about the surgery prize before we can move on? Yes. Okay. Um, besides the knot tying, mm -hmm. which the clicker training, they did much better in the precision. They also did the hole drilling. Okay. The, the six steps to do the hole drilling. I thought this was interesting to think about this in terms of surgery. Okay. So number one, grip the drill. Grip it. Number two, locate the drill point. I'm, I'm thinking like they're drilling into a bone here. Grip the drill. Number two, locate the drill point. Three. Stabilize the drill tip perpendicular to the surface. Four, make a dimple while running the drill at low speed. Mm -hmm. Five, in the dimple, angle the drill. And six, drill the hole and back the drill out while the drill is going at full speed. Oh, so it's literally carpentry. It's literally, yeah, that's, that's what was so interesting about this is like, is surgery just carpentry with the human body? Maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what it is. Isn't that crazy? So basically, I think the hardest thing about this would be like, do this whole thing while blood is flying everywhere and you're just like have a human laying there and you're drilling into their hole, drilling into their leg. Okay. So they were marked down for drill slips, incorrect angle, or not backing out correctly. Okay. So listen to this, Adam. Yeah. The clicker group was 82% more likely to precisely follow the correct six steps to drill their hole and drill the hole correctly. And you don't want to know what happened to the 18% that didn't do it correctly. They were... They got holes drilled through their bodies. Yeah, you don't know what they well, they Kicked were the, out of surgery. School. They were the ones laying on the table. Yeah. Okay. Eighty-two percent drilled it more. Drill, drilled it. Um. Was were they? Oh, they were eighty-two percent more likely to basically do it correctly. Got it. Okay. Time again was the same. Yeah. So what they found, the scientists found, and the reason they won the Nobel Prize, Adam, was that clicker training mm -hmm. in surgeons develops a higher rate of precision. Right. Very Obviously, very small sample size for most of these studies. Really small. It makes you think. But interesting. Makes you think. Makes you think. Right? Dog clicker training. Maybe we should just be using it for humans after all. All boys born in school. Answer right. Click. 
Answer right, click, 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 click. Do something bad, go move logs at five in the morning, Dude. right? That's all you need. That's how you teach boys, okay? Economics. The economics prize in 2020 goes to a study named The National Income Inequality Predicts Cultural Variation in Mouth-to-Mouth Kissing, which strongly shows the correlation where people living in countries of greater economic inequality value kissing much more than those in economically equal countries. So in addition to pleasantness of, of breath also, which was discovered to be the most important aspect of a good kiss. And I actually, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree. Um, Not bad, bad breath. I smell bad breath from a mile away. A good kiss was more important to women than to men. Not super surprising there, I guess. Kissing. Kissing's a lot. Of it's work. a lot of mouth, honestly. The thing is, the pleasantness of breath thing, like that, you just, the breath thing, for me, it's a big thing. Me too. Like, breath has to be good, but it's a lot to ask of your partner because, like, you know, how is someone just going to have good breath all the time? You know what's hard? Honestly. You know what's hard in a relationship? What? Keeping the spon- some of the spontaneity alive. This should really be a relationship podcast. Because we need to have a spin-off podcast about relationships. Yeah, this is coming in our spin-off podcast. Yeah. But really like when you're like you you you're like all right, we're going to like finally have sex again. You know, you're like we're going to have sex again, right? Yeah. The, the the one time of the month? The one time of the month. You're like we're going to have sex again. And then and, sex day. And then you're like you're like, "Oh, but like your breath is kind of bad." And mine is too. I'm a little tired. You're like, "Hey, Let's go do some mouthwash. Right. No, I think you just... You, and then you've I, just killed... You've you gotta basically be dir- killed the moment. No, you got to be direct about it. You got to be like, let's get mouthwash. Am- you got, at this point, let's go pee. Let's everybody get ready. Stretch. Everybody stretch it out. You know, and meet me back at so the bed. So I would say spontaneity minutes. is gone, but isn't that... One of the benefits about being in a relationship is that you can say, hey, yeah. let's get some mouthwash. Hey. Whereas if, if you were not in a relationship. Guess what? Bear needs a little bit of honey right now and he would like your breath to smell pretty nice. Yeah. Also, you know, let's like kind of, let's set it up, you know? Let's set it up. Okay. <laughs> so once again, the national income inequality predicts cultural variation, mouth to mouth kissing. Uh, what else? When I talk about income inequality, what does that mean? Income inequality is how a country's total wealth is distributed among its population. So it doesn't mean that that country is extremely rich or extremely poor as a whole. It's the it variation. Means it's the variation between its population. So, so basically, it's basically like how low, how, how low, <coughs> how little amount of people are in the middle class in these countries. So places that had higher amounts of variation, there was yeah. more mouth mouth kissing. Yes, with more income inequality, there was a higher rate of mouth-to-mouth kissing. So most famously, the income inequality can predict the murder rate with the theory that if you have nothing to your name, you know, and all you have is your rep on the streets, if someone crosses you, you know, your eyes, your girl, or whatever, all you have left is honor and respect. So then you, like, have to confront them. Right. Marlo, Bodie, I've learned this from the wire. Right. (laughs) Okay, I know this very well, of course. (laughs) Uh, right. So do relationships mean more in countries where income inequality is greater? Like, is it because they value these relationships more? Cause it might be some all that you yes. have. Maybe that's what I was, that's, that would be my hypothesis. Right. But it's in these countries, like income inequality is not wealth. I mean, that took a while for me to drill into my own head. Okay. Like for example, the list of income inequality countries, like Noah, do you know which country ranks as the most income unequal? I'm, I, it's not the U.S., is it? It's not the U.S. It's not the U.S. The most inc- U.S. Most, is fifty first. Most most unequal. Can you? Is it? Is it Europe? Can you give me like a little a little hint, and then I'll guess. It's it's going to be hard to guess. It's in Africa. Oh God! A lot of them are in. Africa. Well, I know a couple Af- African countries. Morocco. It is the Congo. It is South Africa. 
And it's measured by something really? called the Guinea Index. What's the Guinea Index? The Guinea Index is a measure of statistics that's intended to represent income inequality, where zero would be everyone in basically a, a romantic communist state, where everyone has the exact same income. It's like the dream. Right. Communism. But- right. So that would be zero. So South Africa is number one. In four of the top five are African countries. Really? Right. And the least income inequal countries are basically sort of Nordic. near the Soviet bloc. It's Slovenia, Belarus, and Ukraine. Okay, but how's Slovenia and Belarus doing these days? Right, exactly. So it doesn't mean that they're super rich countries. It just means like they all basically all make the same. the same income. Where's the U.S.? Uh, we're 51st. We're 51st. We are... What does that we're say about us? above Costa Rica and below Argentina. I'm not really sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, like Algeria is also number 148. But basically the more, the more, so the, the more unequal, the more mm. kissing. Right. So like we have a higher standard of living than Belarus and Ukraine. Right. But our income inequality is greater than this. So we're kissing more than people in Belarus. So we're and Ukraine. kissing more than they do. Okay. So I was thinking about why, like, why <laughs> the fuck is this the case? <laughs> so okay. Funny. My thoughts. Here are my thoughts. Maybe, like I was saying, the relationship is everything you have, but I don't know. I mean, like the divorce rates in these countries with more income inequality are usually greater because they have more economic stress. You get like earlier families, you have more kids, you have higher marriage uncertainty, stuff like that. In income inequality. Yeah. So maybe it means it just like means more and you want to show it. Like, and then I was thinking about just passion and romance in general. Is there any passion or romance in a country where everyone makes the same amount of money? And I was like, is money just tied into romance? Like so Mm, like in, mm. you know, they're just like peanut butter and jelly kind of situation. Listen, okay, you go out to the fields with all your buddies. You go back to your Soviet block, your yeah. little cement building. Yeah. Where's the romance in that kind of living? Does romance only happen when there's like something to strive for? Something to strive for. Does right. that bo- Oh my god, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Hit yep. me yep. like a yep. lightning bolt to my wiener. Beep. That's it. yeah. Okay. Click for you. Okay, here it is. Okay. In a Soviet block, okay, where there isn't any income inequality because everyone basically gets the same basic wage, there's no hope. Interesting. What do you what do you have to hope for or dream for? Uh, just dream for the same I thing. Know. I don't. I don't know. Just yeah, dream exactly. for the same thing. Hope a, is the same. A family. I guess with with income that's inequal, actually, there'd be a lot of room to dream, a lot of room to maybe grow, a lot of passion. There's dreaming. There's like passion, fantasy fire. Hope. I know. It was like it was like killing me. I was like, there's fantasy. There's hope. You know, there's dreams. So it's romance and wealth related. That's what I was really thinking about. Um, you know, like every basically Latin soap opera that I've been watching because I'm trying to learn Spanish that's famous has to do with wealth. Where usually one, the guy or the girl is poor and the other one is rich. Oh my God. So does this make for more love? More passion. Okay, so now dichotomy, you, dichotomy, so passion. Some, some like American enterprises like the book and movie Crazy Rich Asians or like the obsession that comes around who the Prince of England is going to marry. Is that just because... If you can feel the stratification of the money, it's more sexy. Honestly, I think there's something yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. So, so then popular culture, right? One is rich, one is poor. That is popular. That is in every story. Is right. that it's not? Like, it's like, and there's tons of like the prince, right? The, the prince, the royalty picks prince, like a commoner. Prince Charming, I, a commoner. I come to pluck That's you like out a, of obscurity. What a most, a very common romantic Common story. theme. I'm plucking you out of obscurity. Right. And you're coming, you're going up. Like it's romantic. You're, you're. You know, fucking Aladdin. Have you ever seen Aladdin? Fucking Aladdin. Tell me, there's not fire there. The For Sultan is daughter. The Sultan's Sultan's daughter. Aladdin poor. is poor. If they're in Soviet country and they're both like, I feel like we're on the bubble of a breakthrough here. So, 
my take is that romance and and wealth and income inequality are related. And it's so weird to think about that. That doesn't seem romantic, right? Wow. Being poor. Beep. But maybe maybe Beep. there is something click. to that. Click, click, click. Beep. Um, anything else on, on that before we move on to yours? Um, Aladdin's haircut. I mean, he might be poor, but that does not mean that there's not good barbers in Agrabah. <laughs> That's what I have to say well, about that. Well, he has flow. He doesn't have a uh, Jewish curl. No, so he has a, a nice ass haircut. There's a and lot then, you can honestly, do with like really clean beard trim. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good Always for him. Always wanted a flow. He has a dark uh, uh, brunette flow as well. No, when you're Jewish though, you don't get a flow. You, fr- no, you don't get a flow. You, you get a shit. fro. No, you have to hide it. You get this you gross thing People's that grows on top of your head like a chia pet. It's a chia pet. It's yeah. a weed. Okay. It's a weed. Anyway. Yeah. 2019. Oh, okay. E- economics prize. Beat, beat, by the way, for yours. I love yours. Okay. Um, 2019 economics prize. Even more prevalent now. They did this in 2019 though. Money and the transmission of bacteria. Okay. Oh yeah. Physical money. This is something that I've thought about. I thought about all the time, even before Rona. Obviously, now that there is Rona, probably think about it more often. Yeah. So it's basically when you hand someone a five dollar bill or hand someone a dollar bill or whatever, how does bacteria actually transmit across the currencies? Okay. And to to study this, scientists looked at a bunch of different uh, different currencies. Currencies. There were two things that they were looking for. Okay. They were trying to ascertain the survival rate of various dangerous bacteria, including E. coli, for different currencies. Okay, and number two, if a person then touched the money that was contaminated, how likely was it to transmit to them? Oh. Okay. Here are the currencies they looked at: mm-hmm. the euro. Oh, they're comparing which one holds the most bacteria. They're comparing basically which currency is the worst at holding bacteria. Okay. They got the euro, the Croatian kuna, a Romanian liu. A Moroccan right. Durham. Pronunciation police. Pronunciation police. <laughs> okay, do Are it. we sure about these ones? I am not at all. <laughs> all right. Grozzi Kuda and Romanian Lou. Moroccan Durham. A USA dollar. A, Cana- a, a Canadian dollar. And an Indian rupee. And an a- empire and whatever they use. All right. What credit's the Star Wars credit? Sorry? Star Wars credit. Um, Oh, my God. What is it? Fuck it. Just move on. Oh, it's in the Mandalorian, right? It's a bat, don't know. That's different. It's a Beskar. Who the Beskar? The puck. The Beskar. That's not. It's like a different thing. It's stupid. Honestly. I'm really sorry. Hey. I, oh, can we can we say a grape? Can I say a grape? Yeah. Talk about the Mandalorian. You guys see the new episode? Hey, fucking Timothy Oliphant. Love that he was in the episode. Fucking like, love him. I do love, love that he was in the episode. I think him. that was awesome. Just from, love him honestly. from Deadwood. I I have a huge gripe. What a his fucking he's armor, so handsome. Just so handsome. His armor looks like shit. Yeah, it's not good. It's taking me out of the story. They're like, oh, I had this sick armor. Well, your armor looks like it's trash. And it barely covers any of your body. Like, why Why wouldn't the show creator be like, I'm going to make the best car armor the sickest looking armor ever? I like his character in The Office the best. Where he's like the really good handsome salesman that they think oh, is yeah. cheating, but he's actually not. Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's great. great. Uh, yeah. All right, so, tw- so 2019 Economic Prize, basically. Okay, I, I just listed I just listed the currencies. Part one: How do the bacteria survive on these currencies? Let me go through them, madam. The Croatian Luna was the cleanest, yielding none of the three microorganisms even at three hours. No shit. Okay, just to tell you what are the microorganisms they're looking at? Yeah, please. Okay, they're looking at the bacteria. They <laughs> they just had a bunch of scientific names in the study and I had to look it up, and now we can have something coherent actually. They had the bacteria for staph infection. 
Okay. What staph, you might ask? It's a really gross rash that you get. Yeah. Okay. They had the bacteria for a, year, a urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that? It's painful when you pee. Yeah. Okay. And then they had the bacteria for E. coli. A poopy. Which, which I'm Isn't guessing that? you're familiar with. If you're not, poop. Yeah. Human fecal matter. The grossest. Right. Familiar with it. The Croatian Luna, Luna was the cleanest, Adam. Oh my God. That's Yielding none of the three. And now I'm going to go back again. Neither staph infection, nor poop, nor what's the third one? Damn myself. I, neither staph infection, nor urinary tract infection, nor poop. Oh, I'm going to go back good. again. Okay. What did they actually do? They took all these currencies and they rubbed the bacteria on them. Okay. Okay. And then what they did is that they saw after three hours, after six hours, and 24 hours, which ones so the Luna still remained. So sh- the Luna shed its bacteria. So the Luna shed all the bacteria, even, even at only three hours after they rubbed it on. Okay. Very clean currency, the Croatian Luna. Yeah. The Euro. Okay. Those, the European. It maintained E. coli, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. So the Euro maintained the poop. <laughs> okay. If someone scratches their butt... And touches your euro and hands it to you. That's not good. Don't touch it because the E. coli is still on there. What about the staph infection and the urine? Well, I'm, I'm just going to go through the currency. Okay. Yeah. The Canadian and U.S. dollars. Okay. Let me tell you about those currencies. Yeah. Because they like the staph infection bacteria. Uh, no. No. Okay. They got rid of the E. coli. They got rid of the urinary tract bacteria, but they but they kept staph infection. Okay. Someone right. hands you a U.S. dollar. They have a rash. Guess what? Guess what? It's fucking on the dollar. Don't touch it. Oh, no. Okay. Ugh. After Rona, like this stuff makes you. I don't even. I I doubt we'll go back to physical currency. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's gonna be completely I mean, gone. How much anyway. physical currency do you actually handle well, anymore? Before Rona, we had like none. Yeah. And now no one is going to want to touch currency with gloves on. Right. So I think we're done. But anyway, um, the Indian rupee rupee maintains urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we're gonna get to the dirty boy. <laughs> Who's dirty? Okay, the dirtiest boy of them all. <laughs> Who's the dirty? So one? so gross. It's so funny how, how much variation there were in each currency. Yeah, really weird. Yeah. Uh, the Romanian Lou. Oh, no. Okay. Yielded all three microorganisms after three hours and after six hours. And it actually maintained the urinary tract infection bacteria from twenty four after 24 hours and counting with it. Dirty Romanian money. Dirty Romanian money is very, very dirty. Okay, so why? Okay. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna get to why after part two. Actually, fuck it. Let's just get to why now. Part two. Yeah, part because part two is okay. So the bacteria that was dirty, okay, yeah. right? Like the U.S. dollar with the E. coli on it. Okay, now if someone touches it, will that transmit to a human being? Okay. Okay. So in this study, the way that they did this was they had what's well, I'm going to use air quotes now. They used three people. They said. He's air quoting. I'm air quoting. They used three people to rub their hands all over the bills that were infected. Okay, but three people. They mean that they used the three unpaid interns and told them to rub the dollar bills with human feces on it. <laughs> okay, this isn't a right. cap. This isn't a Henry Morgan internship. No. This okay, is, this, this is a modern day internship. internship. You know, unfortunately, internships have since the pirate days. And then they told them to lick the bills. They told them to lick it, and then they said lick it. Um, okay, so they had interns rub the bills. Okay, then they swabbed their fingers to see if any culture was formed on their hands. Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Let's start with the euro, which had E. coli. Remember, Adam. Yeah. The euro did not transmit the E. coli. Oh, okay. okay. So even though a euro has E. coli on it, if it you rub it, if you it. rub it, it's it's unlikely to transmit it to so you. So are these all made out of the same thing, or we're gonna find out they're not? No, actually, they're all made out of different stuff. Okay, right. So that's why. So the euro did not transmit the E. coli. Okay. okay. The U.S. dollar. Guess what? It did. It transmitted it? the staph infection. Oh no. 
Okay. Oh, damn it. So people with weird rashes, they hand you a dollar bill. Just say, no, thank you, sir. I have square on my phone. Ugh, where is that dollar bin? Where the hell is that dollar bin? Because guess what? If they have staph infection, you're going to get it too now from the bill. That is so nasty. <laughs> Damn, gross. is that nasty. Okay. Don't talk. Money is so, so filthy. now currency is a public health hazard is what they're getting at. Yeah. Basically, and this is in 2019, the year before Rona. Can Rona get on bills? We wouldn't. That is the fuck. Like, it's 2019. That is really the question. Okay. Let me just say again, we weren't doing a lot of bill passing before Rona. And now I think we're going to be doing approximately zero. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the bad boy. The, the Romanian Otherwise Lou. known as the Romanian Lou. Are, are you the 100% that it's Lou? I am about 5% that it's Lou. I see a board bet right here. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Let me tell you. It's spelled L-E-U. So you tell me how you want to pronounce it. Not Lou. Can I just be the negative? Can I just say it's not Lou? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, but, so, uh, but I'm going to change mine. So first of all, I'm going to change mine to uh, Leu. 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 Okay. It's because it's spelled L-E-U. And I want you to explain what a board okay. bet Let is. Let me explain what a board bet is to everyone. It, so on Facebook, we're going to have a list of different bets that Noah and I make when we have a disagreement. And then at the end of each season, we will get a reward yet to be determined right now. So you yeah, can follow along on the board bet reward. on Facebook. So in this particular board bet, I think... That Lou, a Romanian currency, is not a Lou. It's not pronounced Lou. And Noah, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I'll, for, the, for the sake of the bet, I'm going to say that it's, it's Lou. And Noah thinks that it is Lou. Okay. Putting okay. it up on the board. Okay. Um, there we go. We did it. We did so it. so fucking proud of us. <laughs> we fucking did it. All, All right. right. The bad boy, Adam, the dirty boy, the one who won't shower. Yeah. Okay. The Romanian Lou. It transmitted staff and human poo, E. coli. Yeah. That is disgusting. Not only, not only does that bill get all the microorganisms on it, it also transmits them. Poo. How many? Oh, my God. It just has. God how many of the Romanian that, bills have poo on do, it? If you go to Romania, let me tell you, take your credit card. <laughs> Please. Don't touch that thing. Okay. So the Romanian Lou. Absolutely yeah. fucking gross. Right. So do you think it's grosser to have staff or, or E. coli? I think it is grosser to have human poo. Right. Okay. Staph is a gross ass rash, but human poo, I mean, that can kill you. There you go. That's so disgusting. Okay, so why did this happen? Mm -hmm. Scientists believe, they, they, to be honest with you, they did not have a great discussion section. They found these results, though. The scientists believe that the polymer structure of the Romanian Lou banknote allows the growth and transmission of bacteria. Okay? The euro and the US dollar also have polymer in them, which allows for their transfer of their various bacteria as well. Okay? The most resistant currency is the Croatian kuna, and they said that they could not find out how oh, the Croatian wow. kuna is made or what it is made out of. They couldn't find out how it was made. They couldn't call up the mints of Croatia and be like, how did you make this? I don't know if that, I, I guess that's not like public, I guess that's not really like public info. What do you mean? It's a public currency. I don't, but yeah, but I don't know if they want to tell people how to make it. You can, you can see why, Adam, right? For counterfeits? Counterfeit that's right. Kind of stuff? Yes. Okay, I guess so. What is it okay. that hard to deduce how it's made? Uh, for these scientists, what, I guess what so. What is there to it? Just like I don't fucking know. I have read the study, okay? All the, but what they said, what they came up from the study is that the euro, the US dollar, and especially the dirty boy, the Romanian Lou, okay? They need to be more like the Croatian Kuna and let have definitely have less polymer in them. Okay. There you go. I got it. Okay, your turn. Materials. Okay. The medicine prize in 2020. Noah, what are some sounds? The sound you're making right now is something that I dislike when you slurp into the microphone. Yeah, but I need my try though. Yeah, I don't know what to do. What are some sounds that you? What are some sounds that you absolutely hate people make? Um, 
the click that we were going to be making throughout the whole episode, I'm just not going to put our listeners through that. Because if someone did that to a, on a podcast I was listening to, I would literally go crazy. It's that sound. Yeah. Plus me drinking my chai. You know, it's not a great sound, but I need to have my chai, so I don't know what to do. Right. Right. The best part of that is that every sound that you make with a shaking gets into the microphone, and I can hear it in here as well. I know. I need to drink my chai, though. So Right. Okay, so there may, <laughs> there may actually be a higher, Now I'm Indian. So there is actually a certifiable condition for this phobia of people making people sounds. And it's called misophonia, or the phobia of, be, of hearing humans make annoying human sounds. A study conducted by the University of Amsterdam and given to 42 Dutch patients that showed signs of intense anger when hearing certain human sounds, such as <laughs> eating, breathing, typing, or feet. Okay, by intense anger, I mean like these people, when they heard chewing, they were about to punch the person. These people have it's like... Not, it's not just like, like I fucking hate, I hate chewing. I actually think I have this a I, little bit. I, ha- I definitely have this. I hate, hate, hate chewing. I hate breathing. I also cannot stand fingers on keyboard. The keyboard typing. Oh my God, stop. It drives me bananas. But these people... When they hear it, they have like a complete loss of control and they will like attack you <laughs> when they hear it. Right. So it's a real, I think like, I'm only like two levels away from it's that. It's a real condition. That's um, really funny. Okay. So they were asked to rate their symptoms. Can with you, any saying that? Can you imagine sorry, in an office? Sorry. Can you imagine in an office? Someone, you, someone's, someone's typing really loud and all of a sudden like they, you just hear like a crash and they just get tackled. Yeah. Can you please put your, please put that down. Someone with mesophilioma or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Put it down. Thank you. Yeah. I want to sip though. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. If you were in an office and someone attacked you. Yeah. When you were just making, eating your sandwich. You're eating a sandwich. Just someone jumped, just comes and just like, jumped over your cubicle. Yeah. Okay. So 40% of the people tested said they immediately get angry and have intense anger and loss of self-control in response to leg rocking and other repetitive human motions. Oh my God. Um, what was the thing that made these patients the most angry? Would you think? Uh, chewing, chewing, fucking chewing, fucking, fucking chewing, chewing, fucking is the chewing. Worst. 81% experienced symptoms on eating sounds such as lip smacking, oh. swallowing, oh. eating chips and fruit sucking. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. With the second worst being breathing and no sounds followed by finger hand sounds like typing and pen and clicking. So why scientists speculate that misophonia has much in common with PTSD and also feeling stress and anxiety in social situations. Okay, I, I feel that. Also with, Im- <laughs> this is a real thing, I guess, called intermittent explosive disorder, which is the failure to restrain yourself, resulting in aggressive episodes. <laughs> so I know a few people, maybe in our family, that have intermittent explosive disorder. Absolutely. Sweet sister of mine. Possibly a social media manager. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Love you, sister. Love you, and sister. all your boyfriends. Okay. Intermittent explosive disorder. Okay, so just for me, the worst thing is chewing. I actually can't stand. I cannot stand chewing. I can't fucking chewing. stand chewing. And I've had to Fuck work. people that I've chew. had to work with my partner on our, our chewing. But you got to chew with your mouth. I hate chewing. You got to close that fucking mouth. I can't. You just got to close what? that mouth. And now I feel even worse that I sip my chai on the podcast because I know that like now people are going to be annoyed. Now they're going to be thinking about it. Me sipping the chai, and they're going to get annoyed at that because now we're talking about it, bringing it to light. And sometimes when I used to live with other people, like in a house, people like walking around and doing stuff, that would make me just upset. 
It makes me angry when I'm be in my room with the door closed. When I'm playing video games and someone is like, and oh Ashley is like, "We're using the kitchen." I'm like, "Hey, like, I'm trying to like, you're trying to win the FIFA game so here." Like, also, I need to focus. this this um condition is linked to ADHD as well, which we have been. That's why we have it. I have this condition a little with. bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely um, have it a little bit. I just want. I, I now I want to make an apology, to the listener. I know that Same I'm thing. sipping my chai. I know you can probably hear. It. I'm sorry. I just want some chai during the episode. Exactly. I tried to defend okay. you from this beast. Okay, keep going. Intermittent explosive disorder. That's it. <laughs> That's really I just think funny. it's really funny that they have That's a, totally a thing. That they have a disorder called now called intermittent explosive disorder, which is really just being a piece of shit. <laughs> like, are you just being like a huge piece of shit? Or do you actually have intermittent explosive disorder? Right. No, no, no. Right. I like they made a disorder for just being a complete asshole. If someone just like tackles you, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, have, I have asshole disorder. <laughs> I'm just a huge. A- it's a disorder. It's not my fault. I'm a huge asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to understand, though. You have to understand. You get it, right? It's just a disorder. So that's my last ignoble prize. Do you have any? You have one more, right? Yeah. Okay. The 2018 Anthropology Prize. Oh, cool. Okay. This this one's really cool, um, but pretty detailed. So they they looked at chimpanzees and humans at zoos, and how ma- how many times they imitated each other. So basically, oh my god, it's gonna be the humans imitating. The yeah. So basically, more. it's like which side imitates the imitates the other side more. Oh my god, it's gonna be the fucking okay. humans. The zoo visitors and the chimpanzees did not obviously did not know that they were being filmed and watched. This, no. Excuse me, they weren't being filmed, but there were two scientists there just taking notes in the corner. Okay, they watched fifty two hours of this in the zoo. The, who are the real animals? Exactly. That's basically like, what this is, is who are the real animals? But it's basically, it's measuring imitation across the species. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So they, it was five chimpanzees at, at the Fruvik Zoo in Sweden, a male and four females. The exhibit has an indoor, like, if you've been to a zoo and there's the indoor glass part where you can actually get, like, really close to the chimp, but, like, you're separated by glass. And then when you go to the outside, there's the moat that separates you. Yeah. And you're about six meters away. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that they looked at was like, does distance, how does distance affect imitation rate? This is a Swedish zoo? This is a Swedish zoo. Okay. How does distance affect imitation rate? Um, there were six questions that they asked. I'm going to go through the, the question and then the results one at a time. Okay. Okay. So first off, there were 3,794 observations of actions. So an action could be just fucking anything, right? Not necessarily a, um, an imitation. 58% of actions were human actions. 42% were chimpanzee actions. An action like pointing. Like, okay. like look, there's a chimp. Yeah. You know, or a chimp like throwing its feces or something. Okay, but that, it, it wouldn't be imitating by throwing its feces, right? Right. That wouldn't be imitation. That would just be throwing the feces. That would just be some chimp stuff. That'd be chimp stuff. Of the 3,794 actions, there were 354 actions of imitations. So about 10% of all actions from both species were... Or 10% of all actions were imitation. Okay. Okay. 36% of the imitations were bi-directional, which means that 36% of the time that an imitation did occur, this both species would do it back to each other. So let's say that... But who was the originator okay, so, of the Okay, so gesture? let's say that I clapped, right? Yeah. I, I did a clap. Yeah, I got it. Okay, and at I the clapped. zoo. And the, and the chimp clapped back to me. Yeah. And then I clapped again, and the chimp would clap, clap back. Okay, but that would, in my in my head, that would be the chimp imitating you. Because that's the first interaction. Right. This right? is this is not actually, this is not, bi-directional is not talking about that. So basically, this whole study is just every different kind of thing with imitation. 
Okay. Okay, so this is just measuring, like, if, if a chip imitates me, mm -hmm. can I get them to imitate it again? Is there, like, a conversation, basically? Oh, I thought it was who imitates who more. There's six questions. It's very detailed with the different kinds of imitation. Okay, okay so just just you just just open the listening ears. What is the study trying to prove? It's just looking at patterns of imitation when people go to a zoo and look at chimps. Okay. Okay. So this is the question that you probably you probably want to know. Yeah. Who do you think imitated each other more? Yeah, that is the one question I want to know. Okay, we're just gonna go to that one. Who do you think imitated each other more, the chimps <laughs> or the humans? I have, I'm gonna guess it's it's the the humans. Okay. I hope, I hope it's the humans. All right. I have a crazy stat. Yeah. Okay. They were almost exactly the same. That's, oh, really? It's crazy. Okay. 9.37% of all actions performed by the chimpanzees were imitations of the zoo visitors. <laughs> okay. And 9.41% of all actions by the visitor, by the humans, were imitation. What is up? So what was up with that? Literally imitated each other almost exactly the what same. What is this up with the desire to imitate? Both species... Chimps and humans really want to imitate. Why? Why? And but here's the craziest part: not uh, obviously they like to imitate. They imitate at the same rate. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, no idea. No idea. No <laughs> idea. One of but I think it is crazy it. that literally out of a study of 52 hours of observation, 370, 3,794 observations of actions, mm -hmm. the chimps and the humans literally are 0. 0.04% different in their imitation rate. It's almost like our genetics are basically the same. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. Nuts stuff. Um, another, another, if you went to the zoo, where do you think you would be on that scale? Imitating the chimps more or chimps? I thought about that. More? I yeah. have not imitated a chimp at the zoo. I, I just don't feel imitate like, chimps. Usually. I feel like it's a little bit unseemly. I don't usually imitate chimps. I'll do a manatee or something weird. What will I imitate? I'll do like an armadillo, a creepy, like a, I'm like, oh, look, it's crawling. And I'll do a crawl with my hands. One time I went to the zoo in San Francisco. One yeah. time at band camp. Yeah. Um, and uh, my girlfriend got mad at me and I imitated a uh, lemur the entire time. And did, did that I, bring as, her back? As my, as my like thing to bring her back and also to be like in spite, spiteful. It eventually did after like an hour of being a lemur. What were you doing as the lemur? Like jumping on things, like getting, like getting bugs out of her hair and stuff. And she was just mad at you? Why yeah. was she mad at you? Cause just, uh, I don't know. It was, you know. Girl and a man. Just I said something stupid. That'll probably. be on the relationship podcast, yeah. honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote about two pages about the imitation, and now I'm realizing that the only other like really interesting thing I do have yeah. was that the was the imitation rates between indoor and outdoor and proximity. Okay. Okay. So humans were were more likely to imitate when they were closer at the in at the indoor was just the glass separating. Oh. Okay. They were eleven percent. Out of all their actions, 11% of them were imitations indoors, mm -hmm. whereas outdoors, only 8% of the actions. Okay? The chimpanzees had an even greater variance, actually. They, they went from an imitation rate of only 5% outdoors to actually 14% when they were indoors and separated by the glass and very close. Higher indoor imitation. So basically, dis there's something to distance. Is it privacy? Okay, so there's something to distance and imitation. When when distance lessens, imitation increases. Yeah. I wonder if we, when we see aliens, we'll just start to imitate each other as our first way of kind of communicating. Hmm. But Why also not? with the chimps, you could think While that... eating us. Maybe with the chimps, though, when they're separated by the glass, they feel more safe. Yeah. Maybe. And so they're just going to, like, kind of do their thing. Yeah, maybe. All right. Okay. Before we get to shout-outs, I have a quick bonus prize for you. 
Give it to me. And this prize is an ignoble prize. This year, that goes out to Donald Trump of the U.S., Jair Bolsonaro of Brazil, and Vladimir Putin of Russia. Just and the a few asshole. others. They won the Medical Education Prize in 2020 for using the COVID-19 pandemic to teach the world that politicians can have a more immediate effect on life and death than scientists and doctors can. Wow, did you want to put that one in there? It was, it's an ignoble <laughs> prize. They won the prize. <laughs> it's a real one. The medicine prize? Yeah, it's the Medical Education <laughs> Prize of 2020. <laughs> hey, I just got to say, like, the uh, the event looks so cool. Like, everyone's, like, dressed up, and people are, like, being super weird and shit. There is, like, a slight element of, like, kind of, like, Burning Man a little bit where it's, like, we are kind of, like, the elite, no. and therefore we can have, like, this absurd amount of fun. There's a lot of pretentry. Yeah. I think it, I think that, I think it's really cool, the mm-hmm. Nobel Prizes. I think there's a solid amount of, like, a solid of pretentry. Amount of it, for sure. Solid amount of, of academia pretentry going on. Yeah, but like, I still do think that some of their stuff is really cool. Look how rich we are hey, and absurd. Can we go a into? Bit, can we go? It's still great. Can we go into? Um, we'll go in. I anyway. have two just for. Can we? Let's do open kimono. Yeah. I and just ring, ring it, ring it for me. Do do do. I'll fill up the time. There it is. Yeah. Um. So for for open kimono, I want to open up open kimono. There are two. There are two experiments that I want to do. I want to open up open kimono with experiments that you would like to do. Okay, two, one. Human does human couple communication increase when both sides are given a clicker. Okay, for affirmation. Like it. Okay, as we talked about at the beginning of the program, give give both sides a clicker. When the other person does something good, you click. You know what? I love it because we know that affirmation in relationships is important. And so why not have a precise way to affirm? Why not have a precise way to affirm that's easier? Because sometimes you're just like, yeah, that was really good, but I was just tired. I didn't right, want to. So I didn't want to say like, good job. You blah, blah, blah. you test that out and let us know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Number two. Okay. This is what I'd like to study. I want to study shower rates between male and females. Okay. I have a hypothesis. Not to get all the ladies angry. I have a hypothesis that men shower and clean themselves more than females. Yep. Okay. This hypothesis comes from. Many years of experience. Many years of experience living with a female. Okay. Who is very clean. And I am a crazy, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a psychotic shower. I know that people aren't going to be at my level. Yeah, wait, tell people how much you shower though. Two minutes, too much. Well, like give them a number. Like you shower three times a day. I shower two often. to three times a day. Yeah, so you're, you're a psychotic shower. Yeah, save water. That's what I'm all about. Yep. Okay, so anyway, I know people aren't going to be at my level, but like I do think that men generally clean themselves more. Yeah. That's what I'd like to study. Adam, anything you'd like to study? I love I love these studies. I love this event. And I wish that more scientific papers were written in this way of being a little bit absurd and fun. And because you learn more and it's more interesting. Wait, I actually think that for academia for academia, they're like, these are absurd. These are so fun. But really they're just more general. Yeah. So actually we can just learn a lot more from these than usual scientific papers that's like so obscure and pigeonholed that we can't actually learn that much from them. I know, but I wish we would give um, scientists a little more leeway to do fun studies like this. I think we can, it's great. We can learn a lot from that. I mean, these are great. And there's like 30 years. I bet we could find even like more awesome ones. If you want to see more, go to the IG IG Nobel Prizes. Um, Their website is really great. And it has a list all the way back into the 90s of all the award winners. There's some great honorable mentions in there that we didn't say. And maybe we'll do this one every year because this has been a lot of fun. I think we should do it every year. Um, shout out to Sarah and her boyfriend. Shout out to Sarah. Intermittent explosive disorder may or may not be a thing. Okay. <laughs> Just putting that out okay. there. Love you, Sarah. Love you. Love you, Sarah. Um, shout out to, uh, 
Shout out to all our dogs out there. Just dogs. Shout out honestly. to all our fucking dogs out there. Thank you so much for the support. Guys, you love can you guys. Find us on iTunes. Really helps if you leave a review. Obviously. We love you all. We'll miss you. We'll see you next time.